Well, hey there, mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast episode 100. Yay! I can't believe we made it to 100. Can you? Oh my goodness. Well, today on the podcast, we have a very special treat. I actually have the list of the top 10 episodes of all time. We're going to go through them one by one, and I have some little audio clips to share, and I hope that you can be maybe reminded of some of your favorite episodes, or maybe discover some new episodes you haven't listened to yet. So with that in mind, grab that notebook and pen and let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. So if you check out the show notes today, you're going to have links to all 10 of these episodes, but I'm going to go ahead and dive in. So the 10th most downloaded episode of all time is episode 40, too tired to tackle your to-do list. You're probably not doing these three things. So the three things just as a little preview is moving past that brain dump stage, actually prioritizing, then putting the to-dos in your calendar, time blocking is my favorite method. And the final is mapping our energy levels through our chronotype and also cycle syncing. And I do have an episode all about cycle syncing, but this is just a little clip about the chronotype aspect that can help you when you are prioritizing your to-dos. So here you go. So you can use the power of your chronotype to look at those peak energy levels and then prioritize your most important tasks in that time period. I am a lion, an early riser, and my most productive time is between 8 a.m. and 12 p.m. So when it comes to exercise, work tasks, errands, and anything that requires a lot of energy, I like to do those in the morning. After about 2, 3 p.m., I can't focus as well, and tasks become harder to complete for me. When we work with our menstrual cycles and our chronotypes, it allows us to reflect on our energy levels during the week or during a particular day, and then use that information to help us tackle our to-do lists more effectively. Normally, I do not listen to my episodes after they have aired, except for (laughs) listening to it once to make sure everything is okay, but I am reminded how I used to pretty much read off of my notes in some of these earlier episodes. So hopefully you like uh, how the episodes are going now, a little bit less formal, but a little bit more like we're face-to-face. So the next most popular episode is episode four, one of the first ones, and it is called This Is Why You Don't Have Time to Declutter, because that is what I hear all the time. I never have time to declutter, right? And it's because it's hard. And why? Because of the meaning that we attach to our stuff and decluttering based upon what matters to us, which can be different 
for us versus other people in our family, as we know. So the example given here, this little clip has to do with decluttering our spice rack. So here you go. Let's say you decide that today is the day you want to declutter your spice rack, but instead of doing it yourself, you send in one of your kids to do it for you. Imagine that I gave my four-year-old son a garbage bag and I said to him, okay, sweetie, I want you to come in here and decide which spices need to go. And then I just let him go at it. What would happen? He probably would make his decisions based upon what spices smelled the best to him, which ones had a pretty label with his favorite colors on it, or he might just put them all in the bag because he doesn't like spicy things anyway. And as a side note, my kids think spaghetti sauce is too spicy. Okay, he's done. Did this take him a long time? No. Was it painful? No. Did he agonize over his decisions? No. Because he was making the decisions based upon what mattered to him. Now, if you listened to last week's episode, episode three, we talked about the one thing we need to do before you start decluttering. That is decide what matters to you. I have a sense that what matters to you about your spice rack is very different than your child. So this is where the complication and the overwhelm and the perception of lack of time comes into play. Okay, moving on. So we are now at our eighth most popular episode, and it is episode 37 with Julie Redmond from Mom Made Plans, which is a great podcast. And it is called Take Control of Your Time and Be a More Intentional Mom. And what I love about Julie's approach is she's really into self-awareness, giving yourself grace, and she gives four steps to live more intentionally. And in this clip, we're going to be talking about what she calls is the should test. So check it out. I, I have this thing called the should test. And that is every time you find yourself saying I should, or starting to think I should to really pause and, and evaluate, is it something you really quote unquote should do because it's going to be fulfilling to you, rewarding, not that it's always easy and you love it, but in general, it's something like you genuinely want to do, or is the root yeah, your friend's kids are in soccer. And so you're just doing all these things and you're filling up your time and your mental energy. And you just don't even, you have to stop and pause and realize, is it actually important to you? And that's how you're going to remove things that like get more time back in your day. Cause you're doing things, you're spending time just thinking about things. Like how often are you stressing about all those things you should be doing? all that time and mental energy. And so one thing is really just consuming less, less info and less opinions. Like I, I love to learn things like listen to podcasts and learning things, but I can, I have to catch myself sometimes. I'm like, I'm addicted to consuming. Like I like all the ideas and all the things, but you have to have time to implement. And there's times where it may be all good things, like all all your shoulds might be like good things, like nothing bad. But at the point that you're getting overwhelmed and stressing about how to do them and what to focus on, that's a red flag that there's just, there's too much. And so that's where you really need to stop and be like, okay, in this season of my life, whether that's like this week, this month, this quarter, whatever, what is practically doable what is going to make me feel good as a mom, a wife, a person, and what makes sense like for our family. 
And that's what you really have to, to pause and evaluate and just focus on that and let those other things be okay to not happen. You can, again, create a list that you can go to later if you're ready to add on something else. Like you've got your go-to list there. So like you give it a home, you can feel good. Like, yes, it's still important to me. It can live over here. I'm just not ready to pursue it yet. So it's not that you're saying no forever. You're just saying, choosing what to say yes to right now. Okay. Moving on to our seventh most downloaded episode. It is episode five. Don't know where to start decluttering. The answer may surprise you. So if you've been around here any length of time, you know that I recommend starting with the most unsentimental, unemotional places. That's the low hanging fruit where it's easier to make decisions. So why don't we listen to find out a little bit more about the place I recommend and why. Decluttering requires us to encounter resistance, the psychological biases that we talked about in episode four. When we own something, attach memories to it, paid a lot for it, we don't want to let it go, this is resistance. And the way we overcome this resistance is by asking ourselves questions about our true selves and whether the item serves who we are now in this season. Asking questions and taking action means we are flexing our decision-making muscles. And like weight training, once we gain confidence with the clutter, which is easier to make decisions about, we can then move on to the 50 pound weight of our grandmother's china. So where can the three to five pound weight equivalent of our clutter be found? I'd like to recommend someplace that isn't in your home at all. It's your home away from home. No, I don't mean Target or Starbucks. I'm talking about your vehicle. Why start with your car? There are two main reasons. Number one, we are looking for the place with the highest trash to sentimental item ratio, meaning there are very few, if any, items with complex layers of meaning that you will agonize over. The second reason, it's a small contained area. So when a small contained area that we are in a lot is decluttered, we feel awesome. Well, hopefully you are now motivated to go declutter your car. And I still recommend that as being the first thing. I think it's really powerful. And now we're moving on all the way back. Our sixth most downloaded episode is episode one, my story of overcoming overwhelm. And I know a lot of people, they listen to the first episode to get a sense of the podcast. So hopefully you have listened to that. But if not, here's a little bit of my story and how I came to be a decluttering coach and podcaster a hundred episodes in. And I married my husband, Pat in 2008 and always assumed, okay, well you get married and then you have a baby, right? And we found out we were unexpectedly pregnant in the summer of 2013, which was very exciting. We were already picking out names when unfortunately the next day I suffered an early miscarriage. It was very painful, very confusing. And what was even more confusing is that when we were trying to get pregnant again, it wasn't happening for us. Month after month, we kept getting those negative results. Finally, we started working with a fertility clinic and we were diagnosed with unexplained infertility. And unexplained infertility pretty much means there's nothing wrong with you. You just have a hard time getting pregnant. So here I was, I was working full time, overwhelmed with this desire to have a baby 
and also overwhelmed by the stuff surrounding me, the commitments that were drowning me. And then I was starting to go through an IVF protocol where I was injecting myself daily, following this strict regimen, getting blood drawn almost every day, and also trying to be hopeful, but not too hopeful throughout this whole process. So this is kind of where we set the scene. And in December, 2014, I joined a habits program from someone named Leo Babauta. He's at Zen Habits, if you want to look him up. But he had a program called Sea Change Habits. And I've always been interested in habits. We'll be talking about that a lot on the podcast. But one of the resources that was provided in this Sea Change Habits program was uh, some resources from the minimalists, specifically two books that they wrote. One is called Everything That Remains. And the other is minimalism, live a meaningful life. And I would recommend both if you were interested in kind of finding out a little bit more about minimalism and that sort of thing. But what I realized was that maybe it was the extra stuff and saying yes to everything and feeling like I always had to be on and doing things all the time that was maybe contributing to this infertility. And as I learned more, I realized that decluttering my home, but also those other important components of decluttering my head and my heart was going to allow me to make the physical and emotional space I needed in order to welcome a baby. The fifth most downloaded episode is one of my favorites for sure. It's episode 33, Edit Your Closet Without Photo, F-O-T-O, Fear of Throwing Out, with Jennifer Mackie Mary from Everyday Style. And Jennifer has her own podcast called Everyday Style School, would recommend that. And I love her realistic approach to styling women in the everyday aspects of their lives. And there's one part of the interview that has really stuck with me. I quote it often about what our wardrobe actually is, what needs to be in our closet and why. So here's a little clip. So the first thing I want everyone to think about is that your closet should be the boutique you shop from every morning. It is not a museum for the person you were five years ago or a warehouse for the person you hope to be in five years. It should be like, imagine if you went to a store, right? Let's everyone has their favorite little boutique or somewhere they feel is special. You go in and the only thing they have is clothes that don't fit you. How often do you want to go to that store? Never, right? Like it's frustrating. You feel bad about yourself. Or imagine you went in there and all they had was like work suits. And you're like, well, I go to the grocery store and the gym. So I don't, you wouldn't want to go there either. So your closet has to be where you shop every morning. So it needs to fit the person you are now, both literally and figuratively. You need to be able to go in there and get dressed easily, easily. Clothes that don't fit you, they mock you in the morning, but they don't motivate you during the day. And every woman's like, oh, I'm going to get back into those jeans. Okay, cool. But you know, when you're out to lunch with your friends, have you ever said, oh no, I'm not going to do dessert because I have a pair of, you know, Britney Spears era low rise jeans in my closet that don't fit. (laughs) No, no. But when you see them in the morning, you're like, oh, I remember when I could wear those. Like they make you feel bad about yourself in that, in that moment, but they don't do anything for you in the day. And every woman who's ever lost weight, and I'm a champion at losing weight, We know that when you go down in size, you're not like, ah, old clothes. No, no. Every woman's like, I want to buy myself something new. So 
what are you hanging on for? What are you hanging on for? And I understand that that is a really emotional thing for women to let go of these clothes. So what I would suggest is if you're not ready just to let them go, box them up. There have been times where my closet has looked more like a more like a warehouse or a storage facility because anything I cannot wear in the current season of my life, not necessarily on the calendar, but current season of my life gets boxed up. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to look at it. What happens when you do that? And whether that is, you know, clothes that don't fit or clothes if you're going back to work someday or you know, you're going to travel again someday, whatever. Your someday clothes should be boxed up. And then what you have left is the clothes you can actually wear right now. That's it. That's all that's there. And a lot of times, and it's funny, I was just working on an episode about this yesterday. A lot of times when when we look at our clothes as the entire contents of our closet as being our wardrobe, what we don't recognize is that we really don't have anything to wear. Your wardrobe is not all the clothes you own. It's all the clothes you can and do wear. That's it. So when you strip everything that you can't wear or don't want to wear away, often you go, oh, oh, this is why I'm struggling to get dressed. I literally don't have any pants, right? And you can see the problem clearly and it cuts down, you know, all of those minutes you spend flipping through your closet, they all add up, they all add up. So if you go in and you literally only have 10 things to wear and you see 10 things to wear, it is so much faster to get dressed. The next episode, the fourth most downloaded episode is one I refer to all the time. Episode six, the easiest way to declutter any space in your home. This is about the foundational container concept from Dana K. White, which is really the basis of the tactical how-to that I teach about decluttering. So if you haven't listened to this episode, definitely do so. But here's a little bit of a preview for you. If you are listening to this podcast and want to declutter your home, Chances are that your home is large enough to hold more than just what you need, and even what you need and love. Am I right? It is a blessing to have more space than we need, and oftentimes it's easy to forget that when you're drowning in clutter and feel like, oh, if only I had a bigger house, I would feel better. But my dear friend, chances are you don't need a bigger house. You just have too much stuff. So if we have enough space to have what we need, what we love, and also all the stuff we don't really use or need but hang on to anyway, what is our motivation to declutter? What's the harm in having extra stuff if we have the room for it? Well, as we will talk about in a future episode, clutter is not neutral. It has a negative impact on your physical, mental, and emotional health, and the health of our kids. We were not designed to thrive in an environment that is overflowing with stuff, even if we have the square footage in our homes to support it. What we need to do is to create artificial boundaries around our stuff and decide on how to contain our stuff in a way that is not cluttered. One of my favorite quotes is from Francine J. Your home is living space, not storage space. Rooms are to be lived in and enjoyed, not closed off because they are overflowing with stuff and you want to ignore it. If you and your family are unable to enjoy the space you have in your home because it's so cluttered, I would highly recommend that you use this container concept to your advantage. One super practical decluttering book that I would recommend is Decluttering at the Speed of Life by Dana K. White. She describes the container concept this way, quote, used properly, containers are limits. They keep clutter from spreading. They keep stuff under proper control, 
by preventing and limiting the expansion of that stuff, end quote. When we decide that a shelf, a bin, a drawer, or something like that is to be used for a certain thing, then we can limit the things to that specific container. Alert, alert, I am not telling you to go to the container store and buy all the bins you can find. In fact, I will never recommend going to the container store. Likely you have containers in your home that you can use, or you can check with neighbors or friends to see if anyone has extra shoe boxes or small Amazon boxes they aren't using. Chances are they probably do. All right, so the third most downloaded episode is also one of my favorite interviews. It's episode 35, The One Habit That Keeps Your Home Clutter-Free with Lisa Lazat from the Habits and Home Show. And it's been the inspiration for many of the reset challenges that we've done in the Facebook group. Side note, tinyurl.com forward slash moms overcoming overwhelm if you want to join us. And so I hope that you enjoy this little clip with Lisa. So this is the number one habit that I have personally felt that's been life-changing for me. And it's really a mindset shift first. And then you develop this like desire to want to do. Okay. So our habits, whenever we want to establish a new habit, we have to have like this identity of who we want to be, what we want that, that thing to do for us. And so it, it creates this longing and desire in us of what the end goal is, what we're going, the, re, the reward that we're going to get from completing that habit on a daily basis. So I have this one life-changing habit that I do every day and it is just resetting. And I started developing this habit and this mindset of reset by first starting with my kitchen sink and my kitchen counters and just resetting my kitchen sink and my kitchen counters every single night. And once I got, and I loved the reward that I got from that because I was able to wake up the next morning and it was a gift I gave myself every single morning. I wasn't giving myself sloppy leftovers from the day before. I was giving myself the gift of starting fresh every single day. And so when I would lay down at night and I would think about, oh, I didn't do my reset or the dishes are still in the sink. Okay, I can, I, it's okay. I can do it more. Oh no, I was like jumping out of bed and running, you know, getting in there. And I would even like do it even faster because I was like, well, I'm not letting this steal my free time in the evening. So I'm going to do this even faster. And so that is the one place where I started or that I've been able to like put into practice and it trickled on to other resets and this, this mindset of resetting. I hope this is fun for you. This is really fun for me, but you should see the program I use to make the episodes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I hope I'm getting them all straight. Anyway, the second most downloaded episode is episode two, three major causes of overwhelm and how to overcome them. So there's a few different definitions of overwhelm that I really like. One is to bury or drown beneath a huge mass, which I think of as our stuff to load or inundate someone with an excessive amount of something, which makes me think of to-dos, and then to overcome completely in thought or feeling, which is that mental and heart clutter and having too many thoughts. So go ahead and check out this clip. What are the things causing you the most overwhelm right now when it comes to those three buckets? Is it the amount of stuff in your home? 
because one of our plans here together, right, is to declutter our home. That's one of the major areas because what is happening, the physical manifestation of what's going on in the inside is what clutter is. And we're going to talk about that in future episodes. The second one is too much to do. Do you feel like your to-do list is never ending, that you can't prioritize, you have a hard time saying no, you feel like your kids have to be involved in all the activities, and you just don't know when it's going to end? Maybe that's the area that is causing so much stress for you right now. Or is it the third, that it's more of that mental and emotional clutter where you're kind of going from the head, but also going into the heart, right? Where you're holding on to your past, you're worrying about the future, you can't shut your brain off at night because it's constantly running with what ifs and your to-do list, of course, but also you're having these limiting beliefs about what you can do, what you should do, your role as a mom, the way you think that your life should look and comparing to other people. Well, look at that. We made it to our number one top downloaded episode, which is all the way back at episode three, before you declutter, you must do this first, which is knowing what matters most to you. And in this episode, I use an example of our laundry, because laundry impacts how many clothes we have, and can also be a huge source of clutter. So here's the clip. Daily laundry may not be for everyone, but it keeps it manageable for me for a family of four. And I don't have to think about it because I've made it a habit and I do it at the same time every day. The second part, not wanting to drown in clothing, is why I have a limited wardrobe myself and I limit the wardrobe of my kids. So it may seem strange or counterintuitive, but less clothing, in my experience, means less laundry. So I'm constantly looking to see what I want to wear, what my kids want to wear, and then decluttering based upon that to keep our wardrobes minimal. An example of this that happened recently is that my kids were in a lot of camps and vacation Bible schools over the summer, and you get a t-shirt for every single vacation Bible school you go to, and usually for camp too. So they had all of these extra t-shirts in their drawer that they're really never wearing. So I asked them, hey, do you want to keep these? Do you actually want to wear them? And was able to declutter based upon talking to them about those extra t-shirts. So once you know what matters to you, you can develop a process for laundry and clothing by focusing on those things and always coming back to it. And as you look at the things that are overwhelming you, the things we talked about in episode two, you can figure out what matters to you about each of those things. And that is how we know how to declutter our homes, heads, and hearts by always holding it up to this lens of what truly matters. Well, there you go. The top most downloaded episodes of all time on the podcast. Thank you all so much for helping me get to 100. I hope that I will have hundreds more. I love being in your earbuds and maybe also in your ear when you're not even listening to me. Like if you are decluttering and you think, I wonder what Emily would say, or you're at Target about to buy something, you think, I wonder what Emily would say. Uh, It just brings me so much joy to connect with you in this way, also in the Facebook group and through coaching. So thank you so much. And I'll be back on Tuesday. So bye for now. 
If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact, but 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.